Log Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Uh, thanks for joining me today, whether you're catching the show live or uh, in archives. Uh, anyway, so this is a, uh, this is a column read show. Uh, I am going to read my uh, last month's column, which is uh, covering May and June. Um, and then I'm going to talk a bit about that in more detail. Uh, so we'll be getting to that just shortly. Uh, a couple of things I'd like to mention, um, only a 45-minute show, kind of a lot to cover today, so I'm, uh, it's unlikely I will be able to take any live calls uh, during the show. Generally, I don't anyway during column read shows, um, and uh, just again, because there's usually not enough time. Uh, a little quick background information about me, in case it's your first time tuning in. Again, my name is Jim Ventura. I'm a professional navigational consultant. Uh, I have expertise in astrology and numerology and a number of different types of oracles like tarot and runestones and animal totems. Um, information about services I offer, um, both here in my uh, home office in Phoenix as well as by phone and uh, Zoom and all that good stuff. Available at jimventure.com. Um, and uh, I am a, uh, I write a column that uh, comes out about every other month. And uh, if you're not already getting the column, it is called Snake Oil. Uh, email me at VenturaSajaYahoo.com, and I can add you to the mailing list always uh, when you request an ad to the mailing list. Uh, mention your birthday because I do a birthday promotion around your birthday time for uh, heavily discounted readings. Um, and you can take advantage of that if you choose. Okay, also, uh, any uh, uh, column is sent out blind copied, so no one ever gets your email address from me, and it is only every other month, so you will not get a lot of email from me. Um, it takes a lot of work to do a column, uh, <laughs> so I'm not a, a heavy uh, marketer uh, by any means. Uh, also, you can catch my um, YouTube videos at Jay Ventura. I generally do a YouTube video about once a month, and um, I post things on Instagram and all the good stuff, blah, 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 blah. All righty. <laughs> uh, you know, you can you can find that information out. I, I think if you Google me, you'll find me all over the place, um, especially since I started doing uh, television a couple of years back for an ABC show called The List. So uh, there's kind of a lot of videos out there uh, with me uh, doing astrology and some numerology spots and even one spot on runestones, which is exciting because I got ABC to commit to doing the, a runestone spot, which was surprising. Uh Okay, all that good stuff. Um, all right, guys, so I'm going to do a, a live column read in case you either haven't heard the column or read it. Uh, obviously, this is your chance to go through that. Then I want to talk about this in more detail. Um, I'm going to expand on something that I have also been writing on since I wrote this column. I want to talk a little bit about um, the after effects of this pandemic since we are in its uh, notable decline, thankfully. Um, and I might mention a little bit of that on today's show once we finish uh, the column read as well. All right. So uh, this month's column is called Western Medicine or a Holistic Approach. While flipping the hundreds of channels available uh, from cable television, I ran across an old episode of A Little House on the Prairie. The show is based on a time period in the latter part of the 1800s. The two early teenage daughters, Mary and Laura, plot a way to make extra money by their local reverend and new Bible. 
they purchased many vials of remedies for things like arthritis, headache, obesity, etc. Basically, about 25 of the most common ailments people could possibly be suffering from at that time, and they planned to upsell them to the people in the town. Cures turned out to be mostly alcohol-based and standard snake oil formulas, and the young entrepreneurs fail in their endeavor. The episode is chock full of moral and family lessons, a bit of sweetness, a dab of both positive and negative religious themes. It was well-written episode that I never caught in my youth. What struck me most was how small the list of medicine cures were that were even available at the time. In comparison to today's world, where hundreds if not thousands of potential ailments and treatments exist, there just seems to be way more ailments to suffer from at this time. So back then, did the current list, large list of illnesses and afflictions not exist at all, or were they not yet discovered? I'm fairly sure cancer and other chronic diseases were in existence, but they're just really seems to be so many more forms of diseases now. Watching commercial television in a modern age makes it hard to avoid the bombardment of ads for pharmaceutical treatments for seemingly endless list of things you could be struggling with and a wide variety of available pharmaceutical remedies. Ads for nail fungus, allergies, arthritis, urinary tract infection, COPD, bones, spurs, skin conditions, restless leg syndrome, baldness, depression, bipolar disorder, anxiety, constipation, diabetes, STDs, etc. <laughs> the list is huge, to put it mildly. If Laura and Mary had to carry remedies today for all the things that needed to be cured, then they would have surely collapsed. I clearly acknowledge the significant advances we have gained from Western medicine, surgery options, dentistry, and options of pharmaceuticals. The advances and amazing achievements from work in these fields has changed life dramatically and helped millions of people. It likely has contributed to the average longer lifespans we now see. While profit and gain are part of the mix, the genuine urge to heal, cure, and assist people who are ill mostly stems from science and medical professionals who focus desire to help. I grew up watching my mother and father with their pill cases and their pragmatically laid out cubbies for each day's pills to take. My father, especially with his blood thinners, pills for gout, heart issues, and a long list of other problems, took quite a, a few different kinds of pills every day. He lived almost 10 years longer than his siblings who died in their late 60s. I believe the combination of Western medicine's benefits, care from his doctors, and most importantly, his genuine love of life kept him going until his death at age 77. This was despite his long list of ailments. Both my mom and my dad had little time or interest in prioritizing take care, taking care of themselves with preventive medicine, exercise, and healthy life choices. And they definitely suffered because of this. My mother, sadly, was in really bad health, mentally and physically, during the last year and a half of her life. Watching all of this as a child helped shape the path I decided to follow. It definitely contributed to my early explorations of alternative medicine and a more holistic approach to healing for myself. I refused to go down the same road, and also Venus and Moon are in my sixth house on my natal chart. Astrology reference. 
So began to look into acupuncture, herbal cures, dietary adjustments, decreasing inflammation, trigger point therapies, intermittent fasting, and most importantly, the link between our beliefs about life, our bodies, our self-worth, and the underlying reasons as to why the body sometimes becomes ill. While there's potentially so much more I can still learn, I've acquired a good amount of knowledge over the last 35 years that I happily share with my clients and my readers. Understandably, many people are skeptical of alternative medicines. We've all been bombarded since childhood with a stream of messages about not only the value of Western medicine, but that it is the only acceptable way. This leaves little room for anything outside of the mainstream to follow. We've been trained to look at anything else with suspicion that everything else is simply snake oil. When you strip away whatever method one uses for healing the body, whether through surgery, pharmaceuticals, radiation treatments, supplements, exercise, diet, acupuncture, herbs, etc., we can come to a deeper conclusion that contributes to whether or not we heal. Our beliefs form our reality. We organize, see, and experience life in the lens of how we see it via our beliefs. It's not due to whether it's not due to whether methods for healing are working or not working. More often than not, the majority of healing aids are effective in some respects. Yet the core base and spiritual emotional blockades and limiting beliefs will need to fall away or the physical illness will resurface or simply show up in another form and take its place. This is where the genuine care, wisdom, and knowledge of an effective healer, whether that be a Western medicine doctor, surgeon, acupuncturist, herbalist, Reiki master, or any other healer becomes significant when helping us to shift what the block was that created the dis-ease in the first place. While skill definitely matters, there are other important aspects involved in healing. Think of the magic power of a loving intention of your grandmother or other figure that genuinely loves or cares for us. Taking the same ingredients that the fast food restaurant might use, cooking and preparing the food with skill, love, and a genuine desire to nurture you. There is no question that you will receive the energy of nurturing from that food in a far more healthy way when it is made with love. The same holds true for doctors and healers. For all of Western medicine's amazing accomplishments, and there are many, problem exists at the core of Western medicine. The focus of science, while full of wonder and the excitement of discovery, often is limited in negative beliefs about the body itself. Often the never-questioned belief by science is that the body is an accidental creation and the survival of the fittest is at its base. The body is often viewed as a vehicle floating through its meaningless days on a planet crawling with germs, viruses, bacteria, and other horrible things with the sole intention to contribute to striking you dead and eliminating you from the gene pool. The body is generally not seen as a vehicle, uh, is generally seen as a vehicle disconnected from spirit and subject to an endless array of things that can go wrong and potentially end its existence. You either have good or bad genetics, Especially notable in the last few years, we are bombarded with heavy streams of messages that we need to sanitize everything. Any random sneeze, cough, or touch from another person or infected surface can get you sick and take you out. These and similar focuses and beliefs keep us in a constant state of fear of disease. Put simply, 
prevalent belief is you are not safe. In spite of this unfortunate blueprint and the grossly limiting unquestioned beliefs about the body's frailty and weakness, people in the world of Western medicine thankfully still heal, inspire, and even contribute to curing so many people. This is a testament to its value. But science itself often focuses on the weakness of the body. Fortunately, many in the field have other positive, more optimistic beliefs. Still, as amazing as the accomplishments are in today's world of Western medicine, one has to wonder, what kind of life are we living when we have to take a host of vaccines, some now each year to ward off our demise? We have to take daily or weekly pills to stop us from getting STDs, thinner blood, control allergies, lower our cholesterol, help with depression, anxiety. We must take an assortment of supplements, products, pills, vitamins, and checkups. If we don't, we'll surely fall apart. Is this living? Some of the pharmaceutical medicines leave us with side effects, a few that are even worse than the illness itself. Have we shut down our connection to the natural order and become so dependent on things outside of ourselves that we don't trust the body's innate ability to heal? I never questioned the value of vaccines and the benefits many have received from certain pharmaceutical remedies. I am not anti-anything. Still, one has to wonder, would we all have died of whooping coughs, smallpox, polio, or other horrible diseases if we were never saved by science? This end-of-humanity perspective begins to sound a bit fatalistic, weirdly, almost as an air of religious arrogance, and to say the least, it's probably nonsense. What is the belief behind a holistic approach to healing? The body is a reflection of our spirit. It is a miraculous organism designed with the capacity to comfortably carry us forward in life and eventually wear out when we're ready to depart. It does know how to heal itself. And when we fall out of balance, we'll find ourselves drawn to healers, plants, herbs, foods, and other cures that can help us get back on track. Those healing agents were designed to also trigger the deeper work of healing the limiting beliefs, blocks, and unresolved aspects of our disease permanently. After using them for a while, we should eventually no longer need these helpers. Those reasons for any illness, both physical and spiritual ones. Your body isn't trying to hurt or deceive you. Illness is a reflection of internal issues we have avoided facing. When we approach healing by addressing all aspects that trigger a disease, our bodies will naturally return to a state of grace and balance again. The universe is safe. Television and movies have contributed to making a joke of anything outside of the mainstream in healing. Many of us sadly don't even consider any alternative approach and automatically place it in the category of it's all a scam without ever trying any of it. I've used alternative medicines for healing for over 35 years now. Cat allergies, sinus allergies, kidney stones, diverticulitis, bladder issues, stomach problems, all successfully resolved without sacrificing organs in the process. I've also used Western medicine a few times along the way, but far less frequently. Especially when it comes to trauma, emergencies, or accidents, ambulances and hospitals are awesome and generally the best choice. Unfortunately, we're also trapped in our need for medical insurance, and anything out of pocket is, also, is often never considered as an option financially for people. The system itself has contributed to blocking out other paths for healing. 
As difficult as the last few years have been for many of us, I think the negatives are leading us somewhere because they always do. I think a movement toward holistic medicine for many is beginning to usher in. More people will begin to let go of the idea that Western medicine is the only way. This includes some practitioners in Western medicine fields, expanding their knowledge and incorporating some of the old ways into the current healing arts. We will see an expansion move in the next few decades of more choices to consider for addressing illness. In some cases, a surgeon or doctor will be the best choice, and others a dietitian, personal trainer, acupuncturist, herbalist, sound healer, or another type of specialist will be a better choice. I would suggest for most people to absolutely continue to use Western medicine. It is valuable. We've been immersed into believing its value since birth. An abrupt change would be overwhelming, even possibly damaging. Instead, focus on the excitement of discovery and possibility of alternative ways to heal. Most people would be amazed by how many natural cures there are with food and dietary changes. Herbs, trigger points, and hosts of other modalities are available for just about everyone. Just Google natural cures for or and spiritual reasons behind your specific illness and open some new doors and perspectives in your life. At the very least, begin to look at what spiritual aspects of the illness is about. Or check out a holistic doctor, herbalist, acupuncturist, or other alternative healing specialists to get their advice as well before choosing whatever method is the right choice for you. Start with a few small or minor problems at first and see if a holistic approach works for you and enjoy expanding your options and ultimately your worlds. Okay, so that is my column, and uh, this was a long one, <laughs> as you can obviously see. Um, uh, there's a lot to cover, and, and, you know, and I actually had to cut a lot of things out of this to even cover, the, you know, the basics of that in the first place. So uh, let me expand a little bit on this and, and talk about a few points here. Um, so, you know, first off, one of the things I would say, and this is really important, um, you know, my listeners, my clients, friends, family, you know, everyone is at different stages of how um, much we can trust metaphysical thought and perspective. Um, you know, some are further ahead on that. Some are new to it entirely. You know, um, I had quoted, you know, possibly a number of times before in other shows about how even some of my most staunch metaphysical friends and clients when the pandemic uh, surfaced in, in the, you know, in the early part of uh, 2020, um, you know, they became 100%, you know, all about science and science is going to save us and, and, you know, any metaphysical perspective on alternative healing or philosophy or perspective on illness went out the door as fear became such a prevalent theme for so many people. I don't really blame anybody for that in any real way. Um, I myself had a few short moments of, of some fear around this when it came up. Got to tell you, it was pretty mild and short-lived in contrast. Uh, I've been immersed in um, alternative, you know, medicine and healing really for such a long time that um, I have already conquered a lot of that doubt and, and question about other methods and, and the, the reality behind illness itself. So let me talk a little bit further about that, because the good news is we're, you know, we're very quite realistically at the end of this pandemic, at least in terms of uh, the U.S., uh, other, uh, other uh, 
places are still having a little trouble with this, but generally there is a movement, um, you know, toward this pandemic finishing within reason. Um, and that's, you know, multiple reasons behind that. One, because all pandemics come to an end. Um, you know, I, I alluded to that in this piece, um, you know, about if we didn't have vaccines for whooping cough and polio, and we all would have died of polio, supposedly, um, you know, uh, I should put this, you know, eloquently, nonsense. You know, maybe more people would have died, and wonderful that the vaccines exist and all those things, but at other levels, you know, we can get very, very fatalistic. And I think the same dynamic was happening during the pandemic, you know, that everyone was at risk. And, um, and uh, that's a scary thought. But it is one attached to what I had just talked about in this column about scientific beliefs that germs are everywhere out to get you when you have no defenses. And, you know what I mean? And this is where, you know, there was so much debate about masks and social distancing and all these other factors that, that, that became, you know, part of this structure. Um, so, again, the good news is we are on its decline. And, and to me, there's multiple reasons behind the decline. Um, one of those is um, just the general reality of herd immunity building within a populace. Um, big factor. Uh, I think we were going to get to that one way or another. Um, certainly um, the vaccine uh, rollout has contributed to helping, uh, whether in, in practical actuality or just in terms of the collective mass belief that people are safe and both are equally significant factors in contributing to um, that end. So bravo in either direction. Um, and, and also, you know, as I've mentioned before in other, you know, in other uh, discussions, um, you know, uh, I've talked about culling. Horrible as it is, and whatever the reasons for it, sometimes the planet takes people out you know, um, to earthquakes and hurricanes and diseases and, and you know, and, and land ships and, you know, and, and, and it's, it sucks, you know, to watch this and, and, and you know, lose family members. And, and, this, and the pandemic to me was no different. It was a really dramatically negative thing that, that you know, took out members of our world, you know, in a, in a very real way. And, um, and that, that's real to many people. And, and the losses they took, and I certainly feel sympathy and empathy about that, and that's from the beginning. But, okay, here's the but. Um, but I, you know, I, I did not, for me, because of the knowledge that I have about the basic premise behind illness and where it stems from, um, I did not share the same level of panic and anxiety as a lot of people around me were, were understandably going through. Um, illness is not random. So, you know, every person who, you know, whatever the illness may be, whether it is COVID or cancer or, you know, kidney failure or, you know, even more mild things, um, there is always deeper reasons behind an illness. Um, block energy emotionally, spiritually, unresolved issues and themes, issues of self-worth, diet, health issues, um, beliefs that are, you know, uh, uh, negative and, and limiting, that, you know, that is what is behind the energy of, of all illness. Now, there is some exceptions in that way, 
um, you know, when we look at um, illnesses, like, for instance, if someone is born with a specific disease or illness, um, that's more about more of a soul choice um, in a lifetime to experience um, certain limitations, um, even within those structures that sometimes can be great gain or shifts or changes in positive ways for people who are experiencing that. But um, if you understand the concept of, of multiple lifetimes and experiences, you're going to have lifetimes when you're very healthy. You're going to have lifetimes where you're beautiful and rich and lifetimes where you're sick or poor. So, yeah, there's a little bit of a different context that way. So I'm talking more about illnesses that are acquired, you know, uh, during your lifetime generally will relate to this idea of block energy or emotional patterns and themes that way. So, for instance, let's, let's use COVID as an example. You know, one of the things um, that is common that affected people who had COVID, whether in a mild way, extreme way, or in a sadly lethal way, is lung issues. Um, that is the area it seemed to heavily affect. Lung issues have to do with uh, unresolved grief that has never been dealt with. And, um, you know, many people um, have different versions of this in a very real way um, that have affected them. Um, that's key. Um, another aspect of COVID, as an example, is um, often there's a loss of, of taste and, and smell. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes it's so literal as it's said out loud. You've lost your taste for life. You know, smell and taste are senses that, that delight us. You know, walking into a bakery, uh, you know, fresh baked bread, the smell of flowers, you know, uh, the smell of someone you love and attracted to, or you know what I mean? And, again, also we see this with, with the taste buds as well, too. Um, you know, it, it's been, you know, very turbulent political, emotional number of years. A lot of people, um, you know, to me in a larger way, were tired of um, the, the fighting and the discord in this world in their own backyards and their families and for their own individual reasons at a higher self level um, may have chosen to depart. Um, and this illness or other illnesses, the vehicle that took them out of this world, um, many got ill and recovered. And that process is also, you know, when you recover from an illness, you often are able to appreciate life and and, you know what I mean, appreciate each day because of that contrast. So, again, there's lots of reasons for, for all of those things. But what is not a reason is randomness. And so me coughing, you know, next to someone or not wearing a facial mask or, you know, or um, not wiping down a surface um, from a spiritual metaphysical perspective, of course, is preposterous. You know, uh, we have immune systems, and, and again, there are deeper issues behind illness. Um, listen, I, was, I never battled, you know, during the pandemic about wearing a mask in public or any of those things. I played along in that sense. Um, if it makes other people feel okay, it was a worthy sacrifice as far as I was concerned. Um, I didn't really buck that in that way, but I didn't do it out of fear. I wasn't doing it because I believed it was protecting me or anything else for that matter. Again, largely nonsense in a larger picture. Now, listen, if you go into a paint factory or something like that and there's fumes being sprayed around, you probably want to wear a mask. Um, you know, so even at the height of this, you know, for peace of mind and practical sanity, again, 
all for it. But again, let me reiterate this point, and I really want to underline it. So I'm trying to get my, you know, my, my, my listeners and my readers to understand this, um, not, both, not just for practical reasons, but for also emotional ones. You are not randomly getting an illness that is going to take you out in that sense. Listen, that, the idea of that, again, uh, ludicrous, is also terrifying to live life with that belief operator. So when you look at these scientists that were working tenaciously and telling you to do all these things to protect yourself, you know, many um, people on the right were concocting ideas that there was all kinds of scams around this and, and they were up to no good. And, and uh, you know, it's possible there's a, a little truth to that. But mostly I think many of the doctors and people were, were, were really trying to help and trying to figure this out as they were going along and dealing with the trauma of, of, you know, full hospitals and the extremism that went on with this. I think it's more about that. But, again, this is why I'm trying to bring this point home. You see how the operating theme of your beliefs form your reality? If you believe that a random sneeze or cough or germ can jump and, and get you at any point, um, of course you're going to become adamant about ways to protect yourself, protect other people, almost rigid about it in that sense. Um, so it's not an evil thing as much as it's a response to that perspective. So I don't buy that. I can tell you every illness I have ever had or encountered. I could see how it immersed, how it showed up why it did, um, and when I worked on curing it um, by taking, you know, breaking those beliefs that were limiting me down in addition to using healthy um, natural cures and, and, and sometimes assistance with that, um, it was more effective in, in allowing those illnesses to dissipate. And they listed some of them in that piece that I've dealt with. So, you know, I'm not talking out my ass here. These are real things I, I have dealt with. Um, that were quote-unquote cured or at least reasonably resolved um, through these methods. Uh, so that's one of the reasons why I'm sort of selling it, for lack of better putting it. I want my listeners and my clients, people around me, to have more options for healing and, and to have more of an effective approach to take. You know, with all of these things, um, it's significant. Um, so uh, like I had said in the piece, you know, um, first thing I'd suggest, anytime you're dealing with any type of illness or disease, you know, Google natural cures for it and begin to look at foods and various other things that can assist. Um, and also look at spiritual, energetic reasons behind a particular illness, say the illnesses like diabetes, energetic reasons or spiritual reasons behind diabetes. Listen, I'm telling you guys, this is unbelievably eye-opening when you begin to do it. It's really hard to question that anymore when you begin to do the research on this, that there are very notable patterns behind these things. And, and to know them is not to make you feel at blame. It gives you more tools in your shed, so to speak, to work with curing, healing, and moving these things through. So that is one of the reasons why there's a value in it. Um, so, yeah, you know, as a great example, I never had a fear of really truly never had a fear of getting COVID. Um, I think I briefly had it in July of 2020 anyway. I had like three days where I had like a throbbing headache, and I just felt completely off kilter, and my taste buds were a bit off, and um, I, I just was wrong. You know what I mean? There was something that was off kilter, 
And so I laid out in the sun um, for about 20 minutes, three days in a row. I upped the amount of apple cider vinegar and um, lemon juice and uh, aloe vera juice that I was, I was already taking to do with some kidney stuff going on. And uh, I had um, an acupuncture treatment, and it knocked it out. So I don't know whether I necessarily had COVID, but um, that may have been my mild version of it, and, and in essence knocked it out. So, you know, one of the things I'd like to talk about, because we're kind of running a little low on time here, but I wanted to hit on a very important subject right now, because there's a lot of debate right now about vaccines. So let me tell you what my thoughts are on vaccine. So, um the concept behind vaccine, in, in, in some respects, is actually a positive one. It's similar to some of the energy behind homeopathy. You understand that concept. You know, you're taking a small amount of an illness and, into the body so that the body then builds up an immunity or a tolerance to it. So that is an element somewhat, I'm distorting this a little bit, somewhat native to homeopathy and things of that nature. So, it, you know, the concept behind vaccine is actually not crazy and, and has benefits. Um, so for many people, uh, people had asked me when this is coming along about whether I was getting vaccinated or what they thought I should do. And, again, I said early on, this is a personal choice for everybody. If you're fearful of getting COVID, um, a vaccine is probably a good call because it's worth it to uh, be worth it to override that fear. You know, you know what I mean? So again, not only is there some physical assistance to this, obviously, but just relaxing your belief system in that way that you're safe. And if, if that's what it's going to take to get someone to that point, then that's a positive. So I, I, I'm not an anti-vaxxer in that sense. Let me tell you where there is a little bit of struggle with, with vaccine. And I want to tell you where the actual limit part is from, from my perspective. Um, when you take a vaccine, again, as I explained before, how a vaccine largely operates, um, I'm, I'm obviously simplifying this here, um, by taking a small amount of that illness so the body builds an immunity to it. Um, that's what you're doing like with the flu vaccine. Um, the problem is the body doesn't understand what you're doing. And so when you're injecting it with an illness that it was never going to get, um, the body begins to then work to repair and, and build immunity to that. But it confuses the body itself because the patterning behind that emotionally, spiritually, energetically doesn't exist for the most part inside of you. So you would never have gotten that illness uh, for the most part. So, it can wear down the, the smooth transition of your psyche and the body and healing in that way because of the confusion to the body. You know, in that respect, the body, the consciousness itself does not understand why this is being injected. And you're asking it to fight off an illness that, again, it would not have taken on. That, to me, is a bigger issue that I see with vaccines because it can throw off the wisdom and harmony of the body. Now, you can see why... Um, for many people, they would never question this because it goes back to what I was saying before about the beliefs within traditional Western medicine, for many, not for all, that the body is a random collection of chemicals and boogeyman illnesses can jump on you at any time and get you and you have no control of this whatsoever and, there, and germs and viruses and bacteria have to take you out off the planet at every level. 
So under that context, a vaccine is an amazing idea and, and, and potentially can offer healing under that context. So, again, I'd reiterate that point. I am not anti-vax. Um, I think for many people, it probably was the wiser way to go in this uh, with this pandemic. Um, uh, for me personally, uh, like I said, I, I feel I had a mild case of it, like we have an immunity to it. Um, I am uh, not interested in doing that on my end. And the same element I would tell, because, you know, what I get from, you know, some of the screamers on Facebook and other places is, you know, and I, I saw this a lot um, on on the on MSNBC and things like that. This idea that you're getting the vaccine to save other people. Uh, it's a beautiful thought and idea, um, and it's based on a caring and an urge to you know to be selfless in that way and, and help other people. But again, from an energetic, spiritual, metaphysical point of view, it's largely crapola. Uh, you know, uh, again, uh, the randomness is, is 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 nonsense in that way. So it, it sounds like an altruistic act, and I think it is meant at that level to be one. But, you know, I, I, I was trying to be humorous about this. I mean, I remember going in my bank a couple of months ago when we were still somewhat at the height of this, and, um, you know, my... I had a mask on because you have to wear a mask in a bank. And, again, I'm not one of these guys that's going to have a fight and argue about this and how dare my rights be trampled. I'm not wasting my time with that. You know what I mean? Whatever. We get in, then I get out, pull the stupid mask off. And I walk through, and my mask broke. So, like, I'm trying to hold it up, and it's, like, falling down, and you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm trying to move on the line with people around me. and <laughs> It's like a comical scene where I'm just like, God, you know what I mean? I can't stand these things to begin with. Never mind now it snaps and breaks as I'm going into the bank. So when I got up to the teller, of course, I said, you know, a couple of times my mask left, I mean, I wonder how many people I killed along the way when I was along the line. And uh, he thankfully laughed at my humor as well because I am being a wise guy for obvious reasons because it's silly. You know what I mean? And that says, no one, you know, don't go spewing germs. I mean, listen, if you have a flu or a, an illness and you actively go into the office and you're sneezing on people and, you know what I mean, you know, again, people's immune systems will decide whether they respond to getting a flu or an illness from your disgustingness. <laughs> you know what I mean? But at all level, don't be disgusting. Like I said, stay home, take care of yourself. I mean, I was for that from the beginning around this. There was never an argument about any of that stuff. If you're ill, you need to stay home. You don't go bring it out into the world. Again, not because, you know, it, you've got the boogeyman jumping on everybody, but it's, you know, listen, we're human beings. We're also subjected to um, the sales of it. And what I mean by that is if you're in a room full of people that are sick, you know, sneezing and coughing and, and all those things as well, too, you know, uh, you're going to feel safer if you have some form of protection, obviously. Two, you might be beat down in exhaustion and end up possibly taking on that illness, still for your own reasons in that respect. Not, again, because the boogeyman germ jumped on you, but because you, you know, you immersed yourself into that and, and began to question, um, you know, your own health and your vitality around it, and you allowed that illness and that respect to enter you. And maybe it's because you need some part of you needed to take a week off 
You know what I mean? And, and so having a flu or an illness was a benefit almost in that way, forcing you to rest and deal with some other lessons. Maybe um, you, again, walked among the populace that was sick and you didn't get ill because you have to be the strong one. It, you know, and you would not let yourself go down in that way either. There's so many different variances to that. But, again, what I'm sort of getting at, and this is my whole point, it's two things of why I wrote this and why I wanted to talk about this, uh, to expand on this for people. Two things to consider. Listen, again, you don't have to get rid of Western medicine, guys. Like, look at alternatives as, as other options. Start with small little things and begin to kind of build your way. I didn't, you know, I didn't take this on in, in an extreme way when I began to study alternative medicine, which was in my early 20s. You know, I took smaller things and still used some elements of Western medicine. In fact, there's still areas, as I said, where I still think Western medicine is awesome and unbelievably useful. Um, the other thing is this, and this is maybe my larger goal in all of this, stop believing that you're not safe. Stop believing that bad things can get you randomly and you have no control of it and the world is out to get you. And, you know, whether that's in the form of um, an illness or a germ or a disease or a devil or a, you know what I mean, or a boogeyman, or a, a meanie, or a, you know, listen, your beliefs form reality. Believing you're safe, taking practical steps, of course, we live in a practical, real, tangible world, to make sure you are safe, you know, that, that's a powerful combination in creating safety. No, no way am I advocating, you know, again, I've said this before, your beliefs form reality. If you believe that you stand in front of a train and a train is not going to kill you because you believe it won't, you're an idiot. <laughs> Don't stand in front of a train. There are certain things that are agreed upon in physical reality that we signed up for when we came into physical bodies, you know, in that way. And, and so, as I've said many times before, there are hazards on the physical plane. People get sick, and, 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 and you know what I mean? And the train will take you down, you know what I mean, when it runs into you. So be smart. Don't stand in front of a train. Take care of yourself in a reasonable, protective way uh, with your health. But ultimately, um, consider letting go of this sheer agenda idea that exists out there that, um, you know, that, it, that everything is trying to take you out of this world in that respect. That's not only a scary concept, but it's nonsense in that way. It is not true. We have intuition and spirit guides and we have... Um, and we've got immune systems, and, you know, we can benefit more by putting some energy toward those things and strengthening those things at both levels, um, or all levels, we should say. Okay. Um, anyway, so uh, believe it or not, we've practically already immersed through 45 minutes. Uh, only a couple of minutes here left. So, um, okay, so I'm going to leave it there. Um, I am really happy we are at the end of this pandemic. And, yes, we are at the end of this pandemic. I had said this months ago that it was coming to its finale within reason, not meaning that people wouldn't still get COVID here and there and get sick. But overall, the arc was moving in the other direction, and um, we would be uh, largely finished with this. So let's enjoy that fact and, you know, stop listening to, you know, scientists scaring the bejesus out of you that another round is coming, God almighty. <laughs> I've, I've, I've listened to the news so many times where like halfway through click, you know, I can take no more. Uh, you know what I mean with this? And they're not doing it evil. They're doing it mostly because they're afraid, and it goes back to what I said about those beliefs that they often carry within those fields. Okay. 
All right, guys, so we're finishing up here. Um, thanks for joining me today. If you're not already getting my um, every other month column called Snake Oil, email me at venturesage at yahoo.com to get added to the mailing list. Um, also, definitely go check out my YouTube videos. I do completely different stuff on YouTube about once a month. Jay Ventura on YouTube. Subscribe so you can check out my YouTube videos, and uh, you can follow me and my weird stuff I also do on Instagram from time to time. Uh, try to be out and about in the world as much as possible. And uh, you usually can catch me on the list on ABC every month or two with an astrology spot there as well. Okay, and uh, jimventura.com if you want information about booking sessions and all that, all that good stuff, all available. There. I also teach classes. You've got to kind of dig on the website for my stuff about classes, but a lot of people are not taking advantage of the classes, and those are pretty reasonable price for most people and a value, so check that out too. All right, guys and girls, thank you for joining me today. Uh, happy start to the summer. I say that tentatively in Phoenix. <laughs> we don't usually love summer, but anyway, cheers. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.